Welcome back to the Let's Talk Balls podcast where we talk about AB situation, NFL Week 2, and our NFL Week 3 predictions. Then we get into our debate topic of paying college athletes. Let's get it! I do this for my paper chasers, money makers. Ayo man, the money dangerous, the money makers. Do this for my paper chasers, money makers. Ayo man, the money dangerous, the money makers. Hold up, hold up. Shout out to Jason Leone for that little snippet for our intro and outro songs. Uh, go ahead and give him a quick little look on SoundCloud at Jay Leone. Uh, he's the great artist out of Woodstock, Illinois. Uh, today we want to talk about AB situation to start it off. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from the crowd. Brennan, what do you got? All right. Um, so most of you guys are aware that there was the first allegations that dealt with rape or sexual assault coming from his old trainer. Uh, in the last two days, there's new information coming out from a new girl. She was hired by Antonio after he held a charity event. She was there as a painter where she commissioned a piece of him. He then hired the woman to come to his house and paint a piece of him. Uh, from what I read from the report, basically it was saying that he failed to pay her for the actual piece from the art show. He did pay her for the one that uh, happened at her house, but she was saying that he was acting inappropriately. Essentially, he came down in basically a bathrobe the one day and was making weird remarks to her. And the second time, she had an issue because he came down, in her words, butt-ass naked, only covering his stuff with a hand towel. Um, and then made a remark. After that, she said she never saw him again. And he still owes her $700, according to her. He also still owes a caterer, who was a chef for a party, $38,000. And a couple other people have filed lawsuits claiming that they never were paid for anything that he hired him for. So clearly he's got some shady stuff going on outside of just his NFL problems. Dakota, what do you got to say about A.B.? Uh, well, I will uh, cover the uh, first part of the allegation. Um, the big one was apparently they were hanging out at their house and A.B. apparently ejaculated on the back of this girl without her knowledge. Um, that raised a lot of eyebrows as far as that uh, one movie coming out. Um, the Brian Banks film just came out and it was directed in 2018. Uh, it's about uh, an NFL athlete who actually lost his career because of a rape case. And uh, a lot of people bet an eye now at this allegation because how do you sit at someone's house and not realize that they're trying to uh, get off in the sense behind you and not realize it until Buddy ejaculates on you. So uh, there's a lot of eyebrows raised there. Um, personally, I think he did it, especially now that there's two convictions out. And now that we're trying to empower women as well, I guess, even though it's a sports talk, I, I would take the girl's side. I think he's a clown. I don't believe he plays in the NFL right now. He doesn't deserve to be in the NFL right now. And the fact that he got to play week two is absolutely pathetic, especially with Goodall, who said he was going to cut down on all this. Yep. I think it's pathetic from Belichick and from the NFL. And this isn't the second – this isn't the last time it's happened. I mean, Gordon's gotten away with uh, drug offenses now. I mean, it continues to be a problem with the New England Patriots in general, in my opinion. I think it's important to highlight with that, too – we're going to talk about with the rape allegations and saying that we're, we, you automatically want to assume that the woman isn't lying because we want to make sure this isn't going unnoticed or that she's being taken care of the proper way. I think it's also important for us to highlight that this is a common issue all around, that if you look at all the stats or you talk to anybody who's in the field of criminal justice, they'll tell you that sexual assaults are one of the most underreported crimes because people don't think that they're going to be taken seriously or they're brushed off and told they're liars. So I really do think it's important to if he is truly not guilty, it will be found out later, but I think it's important to give her the benefit of the doubt and make sure that she's been checked out thoroughly. Uh, I think for me, the the biggest point about the A.B. case is that I, I just don't want to pick a side. You know, I hope I hope A.B.'s innocent. I hope he's not this cruel of a man, this big of a clown. Uh, but at the same time, I really hope for the woman that this this isn't a thing. You know, I, I, I don't wish rape on anybody or anyone's family or any of these sexual assault cases on anybody. And uh, it's just a really bad thing that it happens to happen to a bunch of girls across the nation and that it's big people in power like Antonio Brown that use their power to get where they want, which is really kind of sad. But, you know, I, again, I don't want to pick a side. I hope it turns out to be nothing but better. And, you know, I hope that she she either says that it happened and we get A.B. out of the league. Because I, I personally don't think that he should be playing. I think, I you know, the NFL is – is really fucking up with that because you, you can't let somebody play like that if they may or may not have, uh, you know, done something like that to another person. I think that's a bad thing to have in the league. So 
whether the, the case is true, not, whatever, I think that that player should be taken out of the league until, you know, further evidence comes out or whatever like that. So, yeah. I also find it a problem that the Patriots came out, and uh, per quotations, under no circumstances this organization condone sexual violence or assault, the team statement said. The league has informed us that they will be investigating. We will have no further comment while that investigation takes place. Yep. So the, for the fact that the New England Patriots come out and say that and then still allow this man on the field, yep. even the practice field, and oh, let alone the game field, yep. absolutely pathetic. He shouldn't, oh, yeah. he shouldn't be wearing any type of NFL uniform NFL, anything. until this investigation is taken care of. He should be sitting at his house. But unfortunately, since this is also on Monday, this first girl who just came out with the accusations will be meeting with the league today. And according to a few sources, uh, the meeting was still going on mid-afternoon, and the NFL described it as a long interview. All right. Next up on the docket, we got NFL Week 2, what happened this week and what stood out to us. Uh, to kick it off, we're going to run with the Bears game. So a couple things that I saw that I liked. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, still, I didn't see necessarily what I really wanted him to. The only thing that stood out to me was the way that he was able to manage the ball well in his time at the end of the game. He put us. He took them down the field and put them in position for the game-winning field goal. He got the ball with under 30 seconds, and he managed his time well. Took him down through towards the sideline. Um, one I know, second. Yeah, one second. It was extremely important for me to mention this because last week I called out Kyler Fuller and was saying that he was overlooked or that he's overrated and I can't stand him. I have to eat my words on this week and say I got to give credit to Fuller's interception in the red zone. Tipped the ball. Went behind his back, almost caught the ball from behind, and was able to keep his feet in bounds. They called him out, but he looked like he was into me. Uh, it was a really big play. And then, of course, we got to welcome our new kicker, uh, Pinheiro. Coming in. Welcome, buddy. Huge field goal. Welcome. 53-yard field goal with one second left to win the game. That's a huge kick for a new guy, especially after what we dealt with with all the problems in Chicago last year from Parkey. This is a big upside for us to have this in our back pocket now. Uh, moving on, unless you guys have anything else to say. Yeah, yeah, really quick. Uh, Mitch, you still got to be a little better, buddy. You know, you, you you came in clutch there in the fourth quarter. You took us 30 seconds down to the one second. You got to – that last play of the game for you was great. Just great. You drove down, did your thing, you know, you stepped up in the pocket at the very last second, got rid of it right at the line of scrimmage, down to get on the – into field goal range for us, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but – Dude, you got to do that stuff all game, all game. We need to put our points from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, not just have these great drives that lead to a win and these narrow, narrow wins. We got to have that four quarters in a row, like legitimately four quarters. In the first quarter, we should have a touchdown. Second quarter, we should our goal should be a touchdown. Third quarter, goal is a touchdown. Fourth quarter, you know? Not trying to be critical because the Bears still won, and I still love Mitch. You got to be better. That's the only thing that you can take away from this game is that Mitch needs to be, one, a better leader, two, a better quarterback, and we just need more productivity out of the Bears' offense. That's Absolutely. that's what I get out of Chicago. Dakota, what you got? All right, well, going off of the uh, Mitch Trubisky needs to throw the ball better, uh, I'm going to talk about the Packer-Viking game here. Great mm-hmm. NFC North matchup. Everyone loves to watch it. Uh, if you got to tune in, the uh, Packers looked extremely intimidating in the first half. I mean, they uh, put up 21 points early. They had 14 early points in the first quarter. Aaron Rodgers looked phenomenal on his first two drives. Absolutely phenomenal. No one was touching him. Looked like OA Rob before he got a, uh, the injury prior to uh, the Bears' first game. We don't like to talk about that, though. <laughs> rough, rough, rough season, guys. Anyways, awesome to the see Bears. the Packers start out 2-0. Um, although we did stall out all throughout the second half, zero points put up. Um, the defense is still looking absolutely awesome. Uh, we haven't seen a defense like this in for a while. They actually had two picks against Kirk Cousins and um, – Held them to under 50% in completion percentage. So, um, and Dalvin Cook for, ran for 154 yards, so they could use a little more work on their uh, run game. But, yeah, I mean, Packers are looking awesome so far this year. No complaints. Yeah. Defense looks stellar. Well, Aaron yeah. Rodgers looks kind of like his old self again. You know, he's getting back yeah. in the groove. Just uh, unfortunate we stalled out. But, I mean, I'm excited. I'm 2-0. and yeah. Hot start. You know, we look good. and I think the Packers are going to do well this season. Yeah, I think that, like we said last week, no one was really talking about the Packers' defense. It's not something that's been mentioned, but you got two picks, two fumble recoveries, a sack, and a blocked kick. It's a huge game for your defense when you got Aaron Rodgers in your back pocket, who you never can overlook, especially going into the end of the game. I think last week I was the one that was really doubting the Packers. When they played the Bears, I said, you know what, the Packers' defense isn't that good. And then I said, you know what, Aaron Rodgers didn't play good. And I come come back, you know, eating crow. I think Aaron Rodgers did play good this week against the Vikings. I think he did play good. I think he could score a little bit more. You know, like Dakota said before, 
uh, the injury last year in Chicago, you know, he, he scored a lot. And I think now that we're getting back to Aaron Rodgers being on the field, he'll get back to that scoring drive, scoring drive, scoring drive. But, you know, last week I was pretty critical of him because I wanted him to score more. And I also needed the Packers uh, defense to play a little bit better. And they did both of those things this week. All right, real quick, we got two more games before we jump into our next week predictions. The Rams, um, like I said, that I was a little bit worried about and I was really hesitant with Todd Gurley is how much he's actually going to, we're going to see that glimpse of the elusive running back that we saw last year, the workhorse. This week he did have a touchdown, I'll give it to him, but he only rushed for 63 yards and honestly didn't really see as much of the can't-touch-me Todd Gurley that we saw last year. It worries me a little bit. It really seems to me like he's still favoring that knee. But then you got Jared Goff, who picks up a little bit more this week with 283 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, their defense stepped up again, holding the Saints offense, granted, without Drew Brees, but you hold the Saints offense to nine points. You got two picks, two sacks, and you only give up nine points. That's a huge game for your defense right there. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and you know, i a Rams supporter. I like the Rams a lot, and I, I go back to their Super Bowl year, and I wanted them to win over you know the Patriots because everybody hates the Patriots. And uh I, I still think that the Rams are a top-five team in the NFL, and we'll get to that later. But I do think that their offense needs to be more explosive. I think uh, Jared Goff started off really, really hot last year, and you could compare the numbers and see that they're pretty similar. But there's there's a good chunk of yardage that uh, Jared Goff had last year that he doesn't have this year. He had 469 yards this year alone just in the first two games, and last year he was already at 587 with three touchdowns. And you see that he's got three touchdowns last year. You got two touchdowns this year in the first two games. And I just think that Jared Goff could be a little bit more explosive, but I think that comes with Todd Gurley as well. Todd Gurley's need to come back, be be more explosive. And we talk about the Todd Gurley injury, and uh, that could be a huge factor. But, you know, I think Jared Goff is the main focus, and he needs to come out and do better. Yep. So I uh, think something big to watch, though, as well, is uh, Elvin Kamara only had 13 carries for 45 yards. Uh, He did not have a good week. I think uh, the Saints were just mentally drained after losing Drew Brees early. He only had five passes on the day. It was nice to see Bridgewater did step in, though. He uh, went 17 for 30 with 165 yards, but he had no touchdowns. Um, and Saints have always been a throwing team ever since you've had Drew Brees. I mean, how do you not throw the ball with Drew Brees? But, uh, I mean, otherwise, it, they're gonna, they have to revert to a running team. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints do in the, this next couple weeks. So. Yep, and uh, the last one is the Seahawks game. What really worried me about this game is Chris Carson. Chris Carson comes out week one, one of the top running backs that everybody was looking for, supposed to be the leader of this offense with Russell Wilson. Chris Carson fumbled the ball twice in this game, which led to them giving the ball to Rashad Penny, letting him run it a little bit more. They sat down uh, Carson for a little bit. Uh, Then you got Rashad Penny who breaks away, breaks off a huge touchdown run, shows them that he's still one of the top running backs to put in for that option for them. Uh, we got Metcalf picking up his first career touchdown, looking pretty solid as a wide receiver. I think he's still got a little bit of time to get really comfortable and under, or adjust to the speed of the NFL as long as, or as well as the knowledge of the cornerbacks he's playing compared to college, but I'm seeing some bright sides out of him. He looks like he's, he's really getting some separation off the line and he's getting, he's getting, his, or getting himself open and putting himself in good position to score, which is really what you're looking for out of one of your top receivers or top prospects at least. I think the only thing i got to say about the Seahawks is, you know, they're playing good. This is the second game uh, of the season, and they played two very, very good games. The first one against Cincinnati, pulling that off. Um, and then this week, pulling off another great win. Uh, Wilson, this game, had 300 yards passing with three tutties. Uh, you, you can't complain about that. He's he's a dog. He knows what he's doing. He's got the arm. He's got the size. He's got the IQ. So Seahawks playing good. Um, I think the last game we have to talk about is the Texans. Uh, Texans. Uh <laughs> Great defensive stop on the two-point conversion. Yep. Stopped him literally dead on the line. Fournette did not get in. That was really, really, really what fun to watch is them stop them on the line like that, which I thought was amazing. And Watson, he looked poised. He looked really good. And I think just the Texans overall are a very good team this year. And we can't deny, especially after the DeAndre Hopkins comment last week, saying when he came out and said that Jalen Ramsey is his favorite cornerback to play because he – is one of the guys who actually holds him and plays him as a true defensive cornerback. And you see DeAndre Hopkins comes in this week with only nine points. He got, he wasn't lying. Jalen Ramsey really shut him down. If that's yeah, he did. if he's going to be able to do that when they play him, that's how the Jacksonville Jaguars put themselves in a position where they could have potentially beat the Texans, who have a high-rolling offense. You hold DeAndre Hopkins, and you slow down 
uh, Deshaun Watson as much as possible. I think that what really hurts them right now on offense is the fact that they don't necessarily have a standout running back. They don't have somebody that they're really ready to go to. They have Blue and they have uh, Johnson Jr., but neither of those guys really stand out to me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. They don't have a lot of other threats besides DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I mean, granted, Deshaun Watson can make a play out of anything. Yeah, which is awesome. Player. You know, having that on your team is more than valuable. But uh, without any stick-out wide receivers or uh, running backs, you really don't have a lot of threats. You can't take the focus off DeAndre Hopkins. And like you said, Jalen Ramsey had him on lock all, uh, all game, lock. which was, yeah. it was fun to watch. And the crazy part is, is most people still don't know that DeAndre Hopkins had five catches, which was most catches on the team with yep. only 40 oh, yards. I know. Yeah, so, I mean, the secondary for that. the Jags – Absolutely did the job. Yeah. Unfortunately, they came out a little short, but their defense looked extremely well against a very good quarterback and a very good wideout. So. Uh, but going off of that, let's shoot into the uh, next week predictions. Um, I mean, I'll start out with the first game, I suppose. Let's uh, see. What do you guys got for Titans-Jaguars? Jaguars. I got the Jaguars. I think, uh, like you said, the Jags' D has been playing very, very well. I think Tennessee's got a great offense like we saw in week one and week two. Um, but I think that the Jags are going to be able to pull it off. I think Gardner Minshew is going to come out and have a day. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey, even though he's having some issues with his defensive coordinator, I think he's going to be okay to play and you know ball out like he does. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee in this one. Not a favorable pick necessarily if, like we just said, Minshew comes out to play. Honestly, I think what still bothers me about Jacksonville's offense is Fournette. Fournette's rookie year, he would not be denied. He was... Pretty much the new coming of Marshawn Lynch, if you want to give him the same comparison. That's, in my eyes, as close as it gets. But, like you said, a phenomenal stop by the Texans on the line. They stopped. You think That's a guy, you give the ball to Fournette, you're expecting him to powerhouse his way into the end zone there. I think if he stays at this pace right now where he's just somewhat average and he's not necessarily elite, it's going to plague the offense, especially with a new quarterback as good as Menshaw is playing. I don't know. It just bothers me a little bit. I think I need to see a little bit more. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Mariota. Started the season off well. Their defense looked really well in week one, or really good in week one. I'm thinking that they're going to bounce back this week and play or take a win over Jacksonville. So uh, I'm going to have to go Titans on this one as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only because Mariota doesn't technically or typically have two bad weeks in a row. Uh like I said, the uh, offense helped put up 43 points against the Browns in week one. Yep. He threw the ball absolutely fantastically. Um, I think the Jags are still a little culture shocked about Nick's Foles. I mean, Minshaw did step in and show his worth, but it's hard to lose a quarterback, especially you know him coming off the offseason, and he was supposed to be the talk of you know them. I mean, we're seeing the same issue right now with Chicago and Mitchell Trubisky. He's not doing what he's worth, you know, and... I think it's going to be hard for them to bounce back from that, and I don't give them a win for a couple weeks, so I'm, I'm sticking with Mariota and the boys. Titans. Uh, game two, uh, we got the Bengals and the Bills. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? The Bills. you got to take the Bills. The Bills' defense looks really, really good. I, I know that the, the Bengals have been playing very good in the last two weeks. I understand that, but I just like the Bills' defense a lot better than I like the Cincinnati offense, and I think the Bills got a lot to prove. They're a team on the upcome this year, and I think if they want to be in the talks of wild card or you know, even make the stretch of being in the playoffs in general, they have to win out games against people like the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and take Buffalo as well. Uh, like you said, Buffalo's defense has looked tremendous compared to last season, and honestly, Cincinnati's offense hasn't really done anything for me this year. You've got A.J. Green, who's sidelined. Uh, I mean, they still have John Ross, who, like I said, always has the potential for a breakout game because of his speed. But Joe Mixon is also questionable for this week, so you have two of your main players are questionable and may not play at all. Or if they do play, they're going to come back and play with plagued by injury. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Bills are going to hold them down and take a win this week. Uh, I'm also going to stick with the Bills. Nothing exciting like last week. Wash. <laughs> yeah, wash. Good wash. Uh, I'm sticking with the Bills because, as Mar said, the uh, defenses looked outstanding for them. And the Bengals' offense fails to move the ball. I mean, I have Joe Mixon on my fantasy team, and I think the last two weeks he's put up a total of 12 points. Oof. So, I mean, yeah, fuck you, Joe Mixon, Oof. for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Forget the Bengals. I'm going Bills on this. Get the piano off your back, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, this should be an easy one. Yeah, Dolphins-Cowboys. You guys I'm wanna, starting you out. You guys want to say it on three? <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. Dolphins. Dolphins. Oh, ah. <laughs> no, we're going Cowboys, absolutely. Yeah, everybody out here has got the Cowboys. You know, Zeke looks great. Dak looks great. Mari Cooper looks great. Uh, you know, the, the boys have always had a good defense, so 
you know, it's all good to just take the boys on this one. Miami looks a, it looks like a wreck, like a just yep. a giant train wreck. So you got to pick the boys. You got to just do your thing. I'm saying literally Dallas can go ahead and sit Dak this week, sit Zeke. You can go ahead and bring in sexy Rexy from Chicago days, and they'd still roll over Miami. <laughs> no doubt. I would abs- Honestly, a big look this week, I'd look to pick up Dallas's defense if they're on the waiver wire in your league because pretty much everybody who's played Miami has been scoring more points than half the players in the league. So something to look forward to. Dolphins have scored 10 points in the last games. <laughs> They're dangerous, In the boys first and girls. game. Let's they not say the last two. They've only scored 10 I, points. <laughs> I just want to remind you guys, if you're having a bad day, there are Dolphin fans out there. <laughs> yep. R.I.P. to Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next game, though, we got the Lions and the Eagles. Ooh. I got the Lions, I think. Uh... Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions. I think Matt Stafford is looking really good. I, I said this last week, and I think if Matt Stafford plays well, the Lions play well. I think if the Lions come out against the Eagles, who struggled last night against the Falcons, I think the Falcons played very, very well, and I think the Eagles played very, very well. But I think with Carson Wentz going out for a few drives, I think with the injuries they had in Philly, yep. that really is going to be detrimental to them next week coming up here when they go uh, and play uh, Detroit. So I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions as well. Like you said, injuries can't be denied. We got Carson Wentz who went to the tent to get uh, tested for a concussion. Deshaun Jackson left with a groin injury. And they also lost Alshon Jeffrey. Fun fact, both those guys are on my fantasy team, so fuck you, Philly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you got two of your main receivers. Jordan Howard hasn't really done anything this year. Hasn't been able to find his ground. So as long as Deshaun Jackson doesn't pop back at an Alshon Jeffrey this week, which I'm not expecting, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Lions are going to take an easy win this week. Uh, this is the first meeting between the two teams since 2016 when the Lions beat the Eagles 24-23 at Ford Field. Um, that was Wentz' rookie season. I personally do not see Wentz coming out a second week in a row and playing like he did last night. Uh, I got the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles Oof. are still 16-1 odds to win the Super Bowl, just along with the Bears. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, I mean, I was talking with the boys last night. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are a top-five team. I'm going to stick with that. Their defense has always been very good. Uh, Carson Wentz had a slow week, but, uh, I mean, he's proved himself many yeah, Car- times over and over. Carson Wentz is a hell of a quarterback, Yeah, and I take the Eagles. Carson does look very, very similar to his uh, MVP days when he was rolling for the MVP when they went to the Super Bowl and Nick yeah. Foles stepped in. He is making plays like he was, you know, like before the, the, the whole injury. The pocket, yeah, snacks. he threw the ball yesterday. I'm not even kidding. I think a full inch away from his knees hitting the ground and threw a like a perfect pass, yeah, like I a perfect pass. About. If they would have came back and won, that would have been the highlight of the game. It would have been talked about everywhere, and we'd be talking a lot different about Philadelphia today. All right, Jets Patriots, nice little AFC rival. What do you guys think? Jets Patriots. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Patriots. I don't even think we really need to discuss this one unless Le'Veon Bell comes back and decides that he wants more money and is just gonna prove it now. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots by 15 to 20. I'm going to say Patriots all year long, so the next time that you guys listen or whatever you know, I'm just saying the Patriots are going to go 16-0. Uh, they're never going to lose a game. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win by 45-plus. Fans, so Patriots, make sure you remember oh, that yeah. when the Patriots lose their first game, Marshall was wrong. <laughs> Patriots, 16-0, Super Bowl champs. Uh, I mean, that's a bold statement, and I hate the Patriots, but yeah. I have to give Patriots the win on this week. It's a good wash. Uh, I mean, it goes to say, if you watch any NFL lately... They're just absolutely rolling over yeah. everyone. Their I defense is finally playing good again, too. Yeah. 35 Brady, points. As much as I hate to say it, Brady's been looking 16 well in the pocket. He's uh, looking 16-0. I, I mean, when you're looking rolling, when you're, roll, you're rolling out a wide receiver staff of one small, fast white guy and two convicts, it's pretty hard <laughs> to beat when you're playing the real-life gridiron gang. You, I mean, you got Antonio rolling out to one side, shanking the players and talking to the trainers on his way to the end zone, and Josh Gordon's hitting the blunt on the way on the other side. Who are you going to cover? Not a goddamn person. They're 16-0, people. You heard it here first. Uh, next game. Next game, we got the Falcons and the Colts with Ooh. Joby... Jacoby, always good. Joby, Joby, Joby. Uh, I got the Falcons. You know, I'm a huge Falcons hater. I think they are a very up and down team, the most roller coaster team in the NFL. Uh, but I do think the Falcons played good last night. Now they're one and one. Uh, I think that I'm going to take the Falcons solely based off the fact that Julio Jones is and might be the best receiver in the league behind Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I think that. If Julio plays well, and if Matt Ryan plays well, it just forces their defense to play well because Matt Ryan's got energy out the ass. I think you know the Falcons are going to come out victorious in this one uh, against the Colts. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Falcons as well. Um, like you said, can't really count out. As much as I do say that Matt Ryan's overrated when you got Julio Jones in your back pocket and you got Sanu to throw to him, Devonta Freeman, even though he hasn't been as good as his rookie year and the year after, I mean, he's still a solid running back option. But mostly what does it for me is the fact that I still, like I said last week, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think he's a good fit for the Colts offense. Um, for a guy that came out of the draft and hasn't really seen that many starts, or I mean snaps, let alone starts, uh, I just don't think he's going to do it for me. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Colts are a run-heavy team, and the Falcons typically have a good defense against the run. Um, personally, I think the Falcons are going to take this because I'm a Matt Ryan fan and a Julio Jones fan. Uh, but um, one thing to note with the Colts right now is not only is luck out, so they're already just about to cry, but Indianapolis is also crying over Adam Vinatieri's uh, whole deal. He's had two straight terrible performances. The man's 46 years old, and he made a tweet the other night, and he said, Catch me tomorrow for my statement or something, yeah. as in, hey, am I going to retire? Am I going to not? So I think the Colts are running right along with the uh, Dolphins, and they're yeah. going to do all right for now, but I think they're going to have a downfall. And They've been a momentum team in the past as well. They're never very consistent, so it'll be interesting to see how the Colts play out the rest of the year, but I absolutely have the Falcons. That's, that's yeah. a huge statement that the Colts are like like the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, my bull. goodness. I mean, you know. Oh, my goodness. Goodness. Yeah, Jeff Cheeley needs to hear that one. <laughs> Reality check, boy. <laughs> uh, uh, we got the Raiders and the Vikings next. What do you guys think? I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings this week. Dalvin Cook coming off of another monster game. Stefan Diggs did not have a huge performance, but when you got Stefan and you got Adam Thielen, pretty tough to keep them both contained. However, Kyle Rudolph, another guy who has been plaguing me this season. You look at Kyle Rudolph, zero receptions in week one, three receptions in week two, coming off of a guy who was in the top ten for fantasy last year in targets and rack yards. The fact that he's not being included in the offense really, I don't know, I don't I don't necessarily understand it. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings this week still. I got the Vikings as well. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's crazy because you think of the NFL and you think about the quarterbacks being the best leaders and they, they get you the most points in fantasy, stuff like that. But you take a look at what Kirk Cousins does, and Kirk Cousins is probably the least productive quarterback in the league right now, and he's got the best offense utility players in the league. He's got Stephon Diggs, he's got Adam Thielen, you know, behind behind the Patriots, of course, they got everybody over there, but they got Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, they look great, they look great, Kyle Rudolph looks great. Um, I think if we see Kirk Cousins do less, the Vikings do more and win more games, so that's why I say uh, I think the Vikings take it over the Raiders. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go Raiders on this one because the Vikings are just trash and they're in NFC North and you know that Green Bay runs it. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kirk Cousin does not play well against any team that's above 500, and the Raiders are above 500 team. Uh, They came off a uh, win week one against the Broncos, and the Broncos have a pretty solid defense. They put up 24 points. They did only put up 10 points against the Chiefs, but that's expected because the Chiefs have been playing out of their mind. Except, fun fact, is the Chiefs actually put up all 28 points in the second, second quarter, quarter. Yeah, and never yeah. scored the rest of the game. The Raiders held them to zero, mm-hmm. and they actually had a 10-0 lead going into the second quarter. Uh, Derek Carr had a slow game. He had um, a touchdown and two interceptions. Yep. He threw for just under 200 yards. Uh, I don't expect that to happen again. Derek Carr's a well-rounded quarterback, and with Josh... Um, yeah, with Joshua Jacobs in the backfield, he's uh, ran for another 98 yards. He had a first good or second week and first week. Um, I mean, I think that offense is going to overtake the Vikings' defense, and I think the Vikings' offense is what's going to make them stall out and not be able to win this game. So, you don't think that in like when Oakland comes and plays the Vikings and stuff like that, that uh, he's not going to come out the tunnel saying, "Do you like that?" Do you like that? Because he's going to come out winning. I know for a fact that the Vikings are winning because Oakland's trash. Gonna, they're going to come out and eat that W. <laughs> gonna, <laughs> we're going to eat that Winston. W. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. All right, let's go ahead and roll through the others quickly so we can get to our debate topic. Yep. All right, absolutely. Uh, I think this person going to be the game of the week. We got two quarterbacks going at it. We got Lamar Jackson and Patty Mahomes. Yep. What are you guys thinking? Um, I'm going to take a less favorable pick, and I'm going to go with my man who's trying to make his claim for MVP this year. I'm going with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, Marquise Brown looked good again. Lamar Jackson is finally trying. I think he's really trying to make his name this year as a quarterback, trying to show everybody that he's not just a running back. So I'm going to go ahead and take Ravens, even though I think Patty Mahomes is probably still going to come out and throw for another 300 to 400 yards and four tutties. Uh, I got the KC. 
they're they're a bunch of dogs. You know, they got a bunch of weapons. They got Patty Mahomes. You know, I think they're gonna go 15 and one behind the the uh, Pats. I think they're gonna be the best team in the league besides the Pats. Uh, I think that Patty Mahomes is gonna dish out passes with no eyes. He's gonna come out blindfolded, uh, probably with a an actual all black visor. Can't see through it. Can't see anything, and just wing this bitch. Uh, I think that the Ravens have a great defense, a great offense, but it's no chance against the MVP, my man, Patty Mahomes. Uh, I'm going to go out there and say two. I'm definitely taking my boys, the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, you just can't slow down Patrick Mahomes right now. How many touchdowns did he have last week? Four. Mm-hmm. How many before that? No love for the a lot. No love for the boys in the purple. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, um, the Ravens, I mean, they have a great defense. Lamar's been playing pretty well, but I think one thing that we're failing pretty to realize well. is Lamar hasn't actually played a stellar defense. That's game. true. He has played the That's Dolphins true. and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals is the best defense out of that, and the Cardinals aren't even a fucking... I'll agree with that. Like, yeah, but, that good. but the Cardinals also almost beat the Lions. I mean, they tied, but they held the Lions, who we were just giving props to on their offensive um, elusiveness. And right, but would you, take, would you take the Ravens over the Lions? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying... <laughs> Yes, they haven't played a necessarily awesome defense, but we're seeing some great things out of the new quarter or out of yeah. the young quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I think they both have similar defenses. I just don't see Patrick Mahomes slowing down by any means. Yeah. So. Uh, then we got the Broncos, the Packers. I'll hurry up and do this one on my own. Packers are gonna win. Yeah, Packers. 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 Uh, then we got the Panther Cardinals. <laughs> I got the Cards. I'm not gonna lie. I got the Cardinals. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Panthers. I don't see Christian McCaffrey having another slow week. I do see Cam Newton having another slow week, though, because he hasn't done anything on my fantasy team. And he's... Hey, have you not seen those outfits he threw together? Hey, Glam hey, King. Hey, hey, you cannot hate on the man's outfits. He's Glam a dog. King. He knows what he's doing. Okay, well, dog, when you catch him dude. at the red carpet after the game on his loss, go ahead and tell him his <laughs> outfit's on point. His, yeah, Cam, you keep doing you, buddy. <laughs> no, Cam. If you give me like less than 15 points again in fantasy this week, I'm going to okay. marry you. Well, Cam Doodle Dandle with the feather in his hat is going to go ahead and take him for the win this week. Yeah, the feminists rolling up to the stage. <laughs> yeah. right. We got the Giants and Buccaneers. Hey, it's androgynous, bro. Um, You know, I think if the Giants play Daniel Jones, they'll win, but I got Tampa because I don't think that's going to happen. Jameis Winston sucks. The Giants defense sucks. But Winston sucks less. Yeah, Tampa. I'm taking Tampa as well. Giants can be compared with the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, they can, and I'm yeah. a Giants fan, and I think so. Uh, we got Saints Seahawks. I'm gonna go out and say Seahawks because yeah. I think the Saints are also gonna be culture shocked, like the Jags, and losing Drew Brees, who has been one of the most reliable quarterbacks in the NFL and arguably the greatest of all time. Yeah. For him to go out for six weeks, I think the Saints are going to uh, be a little lost on offense. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and take the Seahawks as well. I think if the Saints start Teddy Bridgewater instead of Hill, like we're pretty much assuming they're going to, uh, I go ahead and see. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to probably throw two picks, honestly, and I see Carson or Chris Carson coming back for a big week. He has to if he wants to keep that starting role. Um, Peyton was very confident in Bridgewater, though. He did let him throw the ball 30 times. Teddy sucks. Teddy sucks. I'm just going to go ahead. Teddy sucks. You should play Taysom Hill. Yep. Uh, because he's a dog. He can do everything that Drew Bree does besides, uh, throw, the besides throw the ball as well. But, you know, Taysom's got some stuff where he can run a little bit and get out of the pocket. Taysom Hill. Texans, Chargers. Texans. Uh, what is it, Texans, Chargers? I got Chargers. I got Chargers. I think the Texans are very, very good, but I got the Chargers. I think Phillip Rivers at home is hard to beat. Especially with Eckler coming off the big game. Yes. Yeah. I see Chargers winning two with Eckler being a absolute unit in the backfield he's had two great fantasy weeks as well yep. i have to give him a shout out because he's on my fantasy team uh and i don't think the texans are just fundamentally sound to win this game although i do see deandre hopkins having a big week um steelers 49ers niners 49ers as much as it hurts my heart as a true niners. steelers fan Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said, doing big things to start this season. And the Steelers lose Big Ben for the entire season, for those of you who don't know. He's going to be taking, he's going to be undergoing elbow surgery. Left the game saying that he could not feel his fingers. Yeah. So they're bringing in, like I said, Mason Rudolph, though. A strong option, but not necessarily ready to lead this team that's problematic right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say 49ers. And they got rid of Dobbs, which really hurts. Yeah, yeah, they they should have kept him. I'm going Niners on this one. Uh, we got the Rams and the Browns. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield OBJ. <laughs> I'm taking the Rams. I'm personally taking the Rams, but my boy... I'm taking the Browns. You know, I think it's hard to say, but I think I'm taking the Browns. I think uh, they got a lot to prove. Uh, You know, the Rams are a big offense, but I think they're very, very slow off the start now. And I think the Browns are going to start catching momentum against the Rams. So, uh, I I got the Browns. I think Browns are coming out hungry. And then we got the Bears and the Skins for the Monday night game. 
Bears. The Bears. Bears. Redskins just aren't good enough on offense. The Bears. Against the Their defense, offense isn't good enough. But yeah. it will be interesting to see how Trubisky plays because he knows that Chicago's on him right now. Yep. And I just want to know if it's added pressure and he's going to play well or he's just going to kind of take a dump. So, uh, real quick, though, uh, just forgot to mention, I got the Browns tonight. Oh, yeah, I got the Browns tonight, too. Uh, this is airing before the Monday night game. Uh, so, you know, I got to give a shout-out. The Browns are looking not that good, but I think they're going to come back and win their second game today and uh, set the whole new tone for their, their program. I'm going to take a 24-17 to 17 score as well. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets 24-23. You're going to take the Jets? Taking the Jets. Wow, that's a bold I think Sam Donald's going to try and make a statement tonight. Bold statement. Especially because there's two quarterbacks out the same draft class. Well, we want to get into some fun stuff. Let's see what each other really thinks about a fun topic today. Paying college athletes is one of the biggest issues in America. Um, We got everything going around the country about whether these guys should be able to make money off their name, all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, So in recent news, there has been a bill passed in California um, basically allowing college athletes to use their name to make money. So this would mean that they could sign, make signatures and sell it for money. Uh, you know, if they had a jersey, they could sell that. Uh, anything that involves their name, they can make money off of, which is very, very hard because who knows if the NCAA is going to hold this uh, to a different standard or if California is going to have to do their own things when it comes to collegiate sports. Uh, but paying college athletes is one of the biggest things. So, uh, today we want to talk about that. We're going to kick it off with uh, Dakota giving up his two cents about the subject. Uh, Dakota, what do you got? Well, uh, first of all, I'd just like to point out that that bill that was passed was a 39-0 to zero vote Yep. in favor. Um, I mean, I saw some Tim Tebow talked about how it takes away from the love of the game because in the NFL you just go where the money is and um, you don't play for my university is how he described it or, you know, the, the school – and I think that's a uh, really good point. And uh, I started reading some of the Twitter comments, and they were talking about how, um, like, shut up, Tim Tebow. We didn't come from a rich family. We don't get the kind of money you get. Um, a lot of us don't eat. I personally think college athletes should continue not to be paid. Personally, because they made those complaints, but if you're going to big schools anyways, like Gilbert Arenas came out and said that he knows two guys from Duke that got 200 k I mean... I'm sorry. I just know these guys are eating at the D1 level. Like it's it, it, it they're getting paid. They just say they're not, but they're getting paid. And this could change the entire aspect of college football as well. Because now a bunch of athletes are going to go to California. But I guarantee you, now there's going to be scandals that are coming out because they know Alabama number one recruit quarterback is going to want to go to Cali because he can make some name off of his or money off of his name. But they're going to turn around and be like, yo, I'm just going to offer you 300 k Just don't talk about it. Something's going to happen. It's already happened. I'm already convinced a ton of college athletes are paid. I mean, it's factual. I mean, Gilbert Arenas came out. He's a well-respected professional athlete in the NBA career. And I know that a lot of basketball players accept money. Arizona just had the scandal a year and a half ago. And that's why Shaquille O'Neal's kid didn't want to go there anymore. Um I think it just kind of brings it to light for California in the sense that, like, oh, my God, it's such a big deal. But the real D1 athletes getting looked at just know anywhere they're going to go, they're probably going to get money. So For me, it breaks it down to three main points, essentially. First off, I think that they're putting in the work. And we can't overlook college sports makes money. So I think they earn their money. To me, they're putting themselves at risk where you have guys that, yeah, if they get drafted, they're going to make a lot of money in the NFL, potentially. But what if you have a guy who's a five-star recruit who hurts himself in college and never plays in the NFL? That Honestly, I think this debate really started back when we were, you were seeing all the NCAA video games or the college games where they had athletes in. And so that they didn't have to pay them, they weren't putting their names on the jerseys, but they're still using the same players. Like If, you're getting, if they're going to use you for advertising, for commercials, they're going to make money off you and your games. I think the players should be in re- or reimbursed in some sense of it. They're, I mean, they're doing a job. They're there to play football. They're trying to do it as a career. They should get paid for what they're doing in my eyes. Uh, for me, I think that this is a very you know crazy topic, but I think for the people that listen and they say that, that college athletes should not get paid, need to see life from a college athlete's point of view. Um, I think that... As a college athlete, you are held to a higher standard on campus, especially at D1 levels, than the average student. You know, you you wear 
the school pride, the school colors, and you wear the football team across everything you got, your backpack, your, your sweatshirts, your shoes, everything's decked out for your school and your sport. And I think that not only do you see that as a person, but most people see that as a billboard. When they see Jalen Hurts wearing Oklahoma Sooners gear, their kids are saying, fuck, I want to be like Jalen Hurts, and I want to go to Oklahoma because that's a great billboard. You see Jalen Hurts doing his thing down there, blowing up the offense and, and repping Oklahoma Sooners. And, you know, what What kind of student does that for – a regular student does that for their university because there's not people – coming to your exams, to your midterm, paying money to see you take a test. Yeah. There, there's no one in the nation that wants to see you take a test. So get off your high horse. These kids do more than you. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, they say, well, they're getting paid in scholarship to come here to go to school. Well, so are you, aren't you? But don't they renovate money for their school? What do you do? Nothing. Again, I think paying college athlete isn't a debate it's a it's it needs to happen because these kids are billboards these kids renovate money for somebody that they don't even get to see a percentage of and because these kids have have worked so hard to get where they are now with such slim chances of making it to the professional level that if they if they get into the IR and they get hurt and they have a career ending injury all they know is their sport I know you say, well, Mar, why don't they learn something other than the sport? They're at college to get a degree. Most of these kids are at school, and you know what? They, they choose business. You know, they, they want to do business because if the sports don't fall through, they want to be involved in sports business. But if they can't follow through with their sport, then their business career is going to suck. So these kids need to be paid because they're, they're performing at such a high level, and they're doing so much more for their universities. This shouldn't even be a debate. It should just happen. Yeah, but I think one of the huge issues is where do we start making it? Because we've never addressed what sport gets paid this. What sport does uh, yeah. Which mean, gender, too, if, if female well, sports gets paid I think more, that's what or, he's talking about. So, as I was saying, before, you know, you fucking interrupted me, you know? <laughs> um, swear jar. Yeah, swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as I was saying, exactly, we haven't addressed... Uh, so why doesn't Buddy who plays water polo get the same amount of pay as your NFL Alabama quarterback or something like that? Yeah. There has to be a way to address everything. And I think it, if they're going to bring this into uh, CFB and all this, all the college athletes in general, yeah. that they need to bring in all the stats as far as like revenue, like what, how much does your sport bring in for the school, and then take a percentage of it and give yeah. it to so and so and so and so. You think it should be like uniform across the board? So like, say that they choose five percent, they split up amongst players, but it's like, so each each sport would get five percent, but of the revenue that, that specific sport brings in. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. If, so like you're saying, if I were, if my team were to make my football team were to make a hundred thousand dollars every month, that five percent of that would go to the football to the football players, but yeah. your sport of water polo brings in you know, $1,000 a month that you would still get 10% of whatever it is. 5%. Yeah. 5% so yeah. Uniform based off of what So, yeah. So, no matter how much your thing brings in, you get 5% of that and they dish yeah. it out. Yeah. I, I agree with that. that. So, uh, something to kind of help out Mars case for the same time, Matt. This is what Tebow had to say. You, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I, was at the, when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top-selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it, but nor did I want to because I knew going into college what, 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 it, um, what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about, but now now we're changing it from us, from we, from my university, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college football and college sports special, to then, okay, it's not about us, it's not about we, it's just about me. And yes, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling it onto that, mm. where it changes what's special about college football. Tim. We turn it into the NFL, where who has the most money, that's where you go. That's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, 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 um, the stadiums are bigger in college than they are in the NFL because it's about your team. It's about your university. It's about where my family wanted to go. It's about where my grandfather had a dream of seeing Florida win an SEC championship. And you're taking that away so that young kids can earn a dollar. And that's just not where I feel like college football needs to go. That's fair, There's man. that opportunity in the NFL. Um, I agree with him wholeheartedly. Me too. Uh, Me too. Only because 
I always enjoy CFB Saturdays. Yeah. Because it's Saturday, so I can drink more, obviously. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I've always said they they play so much harder. They have so much so much more to prove. They have to prove it. Yeah. Um, I mean, college football. I mean, the stadiums, the fans. It, it's just the atmosphere. If you've ever been to a Big Ten game or anything like that, I was in Iowa City a few weeks ago, and they were playing the Rutgers. Not even a big deal. And it, the atmosphere was unreal. I mean, everybody's so passionate about college football. I mean, I'm Wisconsin here. You see how Platteville alone reacts about yeah. Madison football. That's because we love watching these guys play. We love watching the sport. And I, I think you're starting to put that pay in there, like they mentioned. Um, like Tebow said, it's it's no longer about the university and wanted, wanting to represent with, on Wisconsin. You know, um, I think we take that away and we lose a lot of passion for all of, all of college sports in general, which yeah. is really sad because I definitely enjoy watching college sports more than the uh, big leagues like MLB, NBA, NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Tim Tebow as well. Um, I, I think that it's a very good thing Wait. to say that... Uh, what? How do you agree with Tebow? Let me get there, stupid. <laughs> nah, fuck you. So I agree with Tebow. I think that, you know... Uh, it's hard saying that if we pay these athletes, it's become an eye sport and all that kind of stuff like that. But, you know, these kids still haven't made it. They're still at the collegiate level, and their dreams won't change of playing from college to going to the NFL. Each kid wants to be on national television playing their sport to their fullest commitment on Sundays. And they want a chance to play in the Super Bowl, and they want a chance to play on Monday night and Thursday night. And I think their goal doesn't change when they start getting paid in college because – yeah, you're getting paid whatever. Let's say you make $5,000 in your years of there, whatever. Um, that's a low ball. But for, for an example, you make the $5,000, you know, there's always that, what if I make it to the league and I get paid $5 million? I, I don't think paying college athletes makes it into an I-sport. I think that it keeps their their integrity of the game to be very nice, very clean, that they want to be here and be proud of the school that they represent while collecting a pay to be able to get to the next level where they can make more money and be more of a, of a person like and a better incentive. player. Like yeah, having, having a incentive. Yeah. Exactly. My last point on the thing is, like Dakota mentioned, it's not unknown that this has happened before in multiple cases for different sports throughout college that players have accepted some sort of thing, whether it be money, uh, jackets for suits for certain interviews, people have gotten cars, they get cell phones, pay for their rent while they're at school. Um, you know, just certain things that players may not have access to. But I think it's important to highlight a lot of these people who do this to recruit kids to these schools are people in power. And they're taking kids who may come from like a rural area or someone who's never had these opportunities or they may not have somebody to tell them, you can't do this or you're not supposed to do this. this could You taking this $10,000 now could potentially mean that you'll never make it to the league and make 50000 or $50 million how many you're going to make. Like if you take a kid... LeBron is such an anomaly in the fact that you take a kid who gets drafted at 18 years old from the area he was taken from, didn't waste his money, was never arrested. But, like, you take that case a lot of times. You take a kid, you throw that money at them in college and tell them you're going to give them all this money even though they don't necessarily realize that it could ruin their career. I think a lot of kids do it. Like, honestly, I feel like a lot of kids that nobody realizes because they just don't get caught are taking these small incentives or taking some amount of money because it's offered to them and they don't have it. Like, yeah, they have a scholarship and stuff, but what do you do if you have a kid who comes from a single-parent household where they say they have more kids and they can't even afford, like, they can't afford their clothes while they're at school or they can't afford food while they're there or something? It means a lot to these kids. So I think that's something that needs to be addressed as well, is what you're talking about. Is like, um, for example, if a player that's going to Duke on a full ride comes from Compton and he gets a small incentive of, yeah. let's say, 15 grand. And, you know, he's trying to make a – he's trying to give hope to his family, and he's probably got four little brothers, things like that. I mean, a great example is you've seen All-American, yeah. the football show. Um, but I think it's hard because, I mean, if you're in that position, granted we aren't, but if I was in that position, I want to I be able to help my mom Absolutely. pay her pills. Absolutely. I want to be able to make sure that my dad has a car to get to work every single day. Yeah. And if he gets caught, it's on him, and I think it shouldn't be on him because – he knows he's vulnerable. The coach knows he's vulnerable. Yeah. And that's why he can recruit him. And a coach just wants wins. It looks good to him. Yeah. So I'm going to go recruit him because I know he's he's going to come here, take my take incentive. Money, yeah. Who cares if he gets in trouble? I'll get in trouble. 
I'll get fired from school and go to a different school and do the same damn thing. Yeah, exactly. It happens in the CFB right now. Yeah, because if you get fired for having that on your record, but you have 50 wins and three titles, you're still going to get hired somewhere else. They're going to be like, okay, well, he changed. We're not doing that here. And then look at the the coach that's – who's the coach? Pete Carroll. He did that at USC. He was paying kids. They they kicked him out of being a bowl contender's. Then his ass went to the NFL. Yeah, that's a that's a total douchebag move, Pete Carroll. That right. was a horrible move. Right, and so what happens to these kids that were just trying to help out? Yeah, so the kid who took the money, not the one who gave it to them and like put the thought in their mind and right. recruited them this way, they still they're still fine, and they've already made all this money from being the coach. While the kid who took a little bit of money or took whatever it was is done, and they're blacklisted. It's essentially the same thing as being caught shaving points in that sense. Um, another thing is a. Uh, can't remember the name. It was a fiction film, but it came out a few years ago about a football player. He was a top prospect, and essentially he took a suit. That's where my example was coming from. Took a suit for an interview because he couldn't afford one when he was doing his um, draft decision. Essentially, it became known that he accepted a suit, got blacklisted, was removed from the university, and never made it pro. He was a top recruit. And essentially he came out in the interview in the movie and was saying, he's like, he's like I was an 18-year-old kid. My parents couldn't afford a suit. I look at it like this. He's like, I came out there. I took a suit one time for an interview, and my entire career is ruined, and I'm seen as a failure, as somebody who is greedy, because I took a suit for an interview from someone that I trusted. I don't know. Like you said, I think it's important. My last piece is, I view it as coaches are taking advantage of players because they know what they can. Certain players may just take it, even though they don't need it, but I feel like a lot of these kids do really need it, or they look at it and they're like, I've never had this as a family. I'm going to help out my family and take this opportunity. Uh, just a quick note on that too is LeBron James almost ran into that trouble in high school because yeah. people were just putting shoes on his uh, doorstep and everything. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm not taking these. Like they're just putting them there." And his mom even came out and made a statement like he she used to come home from work and there used to be like ten pairs of different shoes there. So yeah, I mean it's hard. Um, I personally don't think college athletes should be paid because I know it's already happening. Um, it's gonna change how football is how all sports are in college. Uh, I would just prefer if it wasn't there. I want to see the passionate play still. Yeah. Um, I guess my last sayings is uh, go Browns, go Baker Mayfield tonight. Um, huge win to uh, this past Sunday for the uh, Platteville Pioneers, which was interesting to watch. Um, overall, it was nice talking to you all. See you all next week for another great podcast. Yep. Uh, everybody look up for next week. We didn't have time for it this week, but after this game and next week games, we're going to be coming at you with our top five team predictions for the season where we see it rolling out. So I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is episode two of Let's Talk Balls. Uh, catch you next week. I do this for my paper chasers, money makers. Ayo, man, the money dangerous, the money makers. Do this for my paper chasers, money makers. Ayo, man, the money dangerous. The money makers Hold up, hold up Sometimes I feel like I'm just too close to the edge I be overthinking shit I let it all get to my head I stay up till 3am Just to see my eyes get red I might trip out with my gang